In episode 27, I talked about the power of time blocking. In today's episode, I want to answer the most common questions I receive about time blocking. We'll cover things such as avoiding exhaustion, planning for proper rest, the tools I use, the mindset shifts towards scheduling, how to deal with distractions, time blocking with kids, the difference between time blocking as a business owner versus an employee, examples of my time blocks, and my recommendations on how to get started if you're just a beginner. I'm excited to share all my tips and tricks from doing time blocking on a daily basis for the past four years. Let's go. Welcome to the Monthly Method Podcast. This is a show for solopreneurs, creators, and artists who have a burning desire to launch a project. This is for a project that is not urgent, but truly important. The one your best life depends on. Your host, Paulina B, is a certified scrum master. She brings a proven record of launching successful projects, both professional and personal. You will hear about tested techniques that lead to calm, consistency, and results. Stay tuned to turn your idea into reality one month at a time. The first question, how much do you block from one session of work? So after trying different things, I find that 30 to 60 minutes work best for me. In rare cases, I would do 90 minutes, but only for the tasks I'm comfortable with. For example, writing a new blog post takes me about 90 minutes, but because I've done it so many times by this point, I can easily stick to the 90 minutes interval. However, if writing a blog post was a new activity to me, I would break it down into smaller chunks of 30 minutes. It would look something like this. First 30 minutes, research and write the outline with main points in bullet point format. Second 30 minutes would be spent on writing down the first draft. And the last 30 minutes would be spent on editing that draft that I wrote before. Question number two. I have tried to use time blocking, but the problem I face every time is that I get overly ambitious and fill in my day with too much work. It is satisfying when I make the routine, but extremely exhausting when I try to follow it. So I think this question is about avoiding exhaustion when time blocking. And my answer to this is, remember, people overestimate what they can do in a day, but underestimate what they can do in a week. Give yourself more time to finish each task. That will reduce stress. Instead of giving yourself 15 minutes to finish a particular task, give yourself 30 minutes instead. That's okay to get less things done in a day. What matters is that you feel calm doing it and you show up for the time blocking practice every single day. Because what's the alternative? Yes, you can stuff your day with all the small time blocks and really maximize your efficiency, but you'll be exhausted and you will never do time blocking again. So we are trying to maybe do a little bit less in the beginning, but get in the habit of time blocking, still see a major difference in productivity, even if you give yourself plenty of time to do your tasks and then, you know, build the habit and do time blocking on a daily basis going forward. With practice, you will learn how much time you will need to block off for each particular task. And in our lives, a lot of the tasks are repetitive, 
no matter what you do. So just doing the same task a few times will show you a clearer picture of how much time you actually need to get it done. Next question, how do you rest effectively every day knowing you could still work a little bit more? Okay, first of all, let's clean up that thinking. I could still work a little bit more. This is the part that worries me here. Does it mean that you should? I keep saying that very few things are truly urgent and important. Not everything on your to-do list should get done. And I talked more about it on the backlog episode. Check it out in the archive. And most certainly, not everything needs to be done today. You should have a clarity on the different levels of priorities for each of the tasks. Not everything matters equally. So what you should focus on is on getting the most important tasks done. Now, going back to the rest portion of the question, I generally time block my work hours only. My evenings have a certain structure, but it's more relaxed. I think having this combination of highly structured workday and more spontaneous evenings and weekends make it work. So there is a balance. And here's another trick that I use. In my mind, I have this kind of a game where I try to beat the clock. If I schedule to spend 60 minutes on a task, I try to get it done in 50. And then I don't jump into the next activity straight away. I treat this 10 extra minutes as a bonus, as something that I've earned because I worked efficiently during those 50 minutes and I deserve this 10 minute break. And I can do whatever I want with it. I usually go and make myself a nice cup of coffee. I go sit outside and I enjoy it. And this happens multiple times throughout the day. And somehow it makes me feel that I've rewarded myself enough throughout the day with this little breaks. And I don't need a major break from or a reward for sticking with my time blocks. And I also make sure that I have one hour lunch break in my workday. So it's not just work all day long. You probably know by this point that I'm not a big fan of hustle culture. But if you haven't heard my rant about the hustle culture, check out the podcast episode titled Why Hustle Culture Doesn't Work. Okay, moving on. The next question. What are your helping thoughts that combat the non-productive ones in the blocked time for work? Great question. I think one of my favorite, and this is because mindset is one of the key things when it comes to time blocking. And I'm glad that people are asking this question and they are realizing the power of your own thinking when it comes to time blocking. And here are my favorite thoughts that I usually use when I have some problems sticking with my time blocks or if I feel resistance towards it. My favorite one is I can do hard things or I was made for this. This is my choice. I am proud that I'm choosing to show up for so-and-so. So insert an activity here. I got this. This is a good thought to have. I got this whenever I'm working on something. I also find using questions very helpful. The first one is what's the alternative? And I have an entire podcast episode on this question. And also the question, can I? This is also a very powerful question. And I have two podcast episodes on these two questions. So again, what's the alternative and can I? 
Another questions that I like are, will it go away if I don't get it done? Will it be easier later? And what will be the consequence if I delay doing this task? I will have them all written down in the corresponding blog post, so you can always go back and uh, take some notes if you need to. Okay, the next question. Do you use paper or digital for time blocking? I use Todoist for task capture and task prioritization. And I use paper for creating a time-blocked schedule for the day. I like the feeling of crossing things out on paper as I go. And here's why I use paper. I worked with a lot of clients at this point, helping them with their productivity. And I can see a clear pattern here. There are some people who try to overcomplicate things with digital tools. They end up wasting so much time on finding the perfect tool, the perfect app, learning it, and then over-optimizing the hack out of it, so they don't have any time left to actually do the tasks they wanted to do. All the time is spent on choosing the perfect app and learning it. And I have an entire episode about the dangers of productivity apps, and you can find it in the archive. It will be one of the very first episodes. It's called You Don't Need Another Productivity App. And I also have another episode about the idea of normalizing before optimizing. And that was one of the recent episodes. Check it out as well. In contrast to those clients, I have, in quotes, simple clients who just use simple tools such as index cards, paper, or a simple notebook. And those are the ones who have a much higher completion rate on their sprint goals. Once I saw this trend play out so many times, I became a big advocate for pen and paper when it comes to daily time blocking. Just pen and paper, it works. Plus, you get this awesome feeling of crossing things out on paper. It is very different than doing it in a digital tool. Okay, now we have a question about distractions. And I have three different questions. The first one, how do you manage to avoid all the distractions that may come up? Another question, how do you compensate if you get distracted and mess up whole session or block? And another one, I've tried time blocking, but often I kind of just ignore the whole thing and don't really do anything. Any way to get around that? So very similar questions. And here's my answer. First of all, I don't have any notifications popping up. No Slack messages, no emails, no social media notifications, none of that. This prevents 90% of distractions and allows me to be in the deep focus state for longer. If you are saying that you're distracted and if it's email notification that gets you distracted, well, it's not really a distraction. You just need to turn off notifications and your problem will be solved. So first of all, get rid of all the notifications. Second of all, I give myself enough time to get each task done, but not too much time. I should feel a slight pressure of a deadline approaching so that I don't waste time on the useless distractions such as email, Slack, Reddit, social media, all of that. I also have a clear definition of done for each of the tasks. I have a whole episode on the definition of done. Check it out. And by having a clear definition of done, 
my brain is given a clear picture of what we need to have at the end of this time block. For example, a blog post published, that's a clear definition of done, or maybe a podcast episode scheduled. Again, very clear outcome that we want to have. Whenever my time blocks get interrupted by unexpected external events, okay, not the notifications, but something, you know, someone came in, talked to me, maybe I got a call from a client, something like that. I rewrite the schedule for the rest of the workday on a new piece of paper. I focus on getting the most important tasks done for the day. Yes, I will not get everything done because I got interrupted and I probably spent maybe 30 minutes dealing with this thing, but I still want to get the most important tasks done. It takes less than two minutes to rewrite the schedule, so there is no excuse not to do it. But here's the last part. If you create a schedule but don't show up for it, you need to change what the schedule means to you. What worked for me was fixing the relationship between the past, present, and future self. And that changed how I look at my daily schedule. I talked more about it on the podcast episode called How to Create and Follow Your Schedule. I walked through entire story and also give you some tools on how to fix this relationship between the past, present, and future self. Okay, now going to the next question. Time blocking with kids. And the question goes like this. Any kids to account for? I think this is likely the biggest obstacle. So I don't have any kids yet, but I work with clients who have two, three kids and they successfully implement time blocking and they swear by it. They just time block their workday, let's say nine to five or some have a shorter workdays, 10 to three, let's say, and they have evenings and weekends less structured so that they can spend time with their kids. And also I have some answers from people on Reddit who have kids. And here's the first answer. Three kids here. I've had to adapt time blocking to start at 9.30 to 10 if I'm doing the school run. Then I always finish my days as close to five as possible. We keep a fairly strict evening routine dinner, books, bath, bath, and then on rare occasions, I'll go back to work for another block of two hours after bedtime. Another answer in the comments. I just time block the nine to five. We do have rough blocks of time for the kids' routines, but we mostly keep that hidden. Don't want to stress kids out by always appearing to be clock watching, although in reality, I offer them. So I think the common thing here is that People are very strict with their work time blocks when they have kids and less structured during off hours and it seems to work. Next question. I try to time block study sessions and oftentimes it takes less or more time than I had budgeted. But when I don't time block, I don't have the sense of urgency to finish my studies. Any thoughts? Of course I have thoughts. And the first one, I totally agree with your comment about not having the sense of urgency without time blocking. I also find that not doing time blocking results in endless distractions because there is no time pressure attached to any given task. It can take however long it takes. And it's not a good strategy. To illustrate this point, I usually give an example of students during exams. 
Have you ever met a single student who suffered from procrastination during a two-hour exam? No, because there is a time limit and I have a whole separate episode about this topic that is called how to stop procrastinating. Check it out. So what I recommend in this case is still doing your time blocking. Do it the first time, see how long it actually takes, write it down, the next time you'll be better at time blocking this particular tasks. I find that study tasks are generally very repetitive. After doing it the first one to two times, you'll get a good estimate of how long the task takes. For example, you will know that reading one chapter for the biology course and taking all the notes take you two hours. Usually, textbook chapters are of about the same size and you can budget two hours for this work every single week going forward. And you can do the same thing for every course because, again, a lot of the tasks are very repetitive. Even writing papers, you will have a good idea of how much time you need to write, let's say, a 2,000-word paper, a 5,000-word paper. So you'll have a good estimate for each of those things. Okay, next question. As a business owner, do you work by yourself being accountable to no one? If so, what different strategies do you use from the strategies for getting better in full-time job where other people rely or check on you? So I have clients and weekly calls with them. So you might say there is some sort of external accountability. As a business owner, I need to rely on time blocking a lot more. There is more autonomy, but there are also more distractions you can do. And this is something that not a lot of people talk about. When they think of entrepreneurs or business owners, they think of all this autonomy and free time, and they think it's such a good thing. But in reality, the more free time you have, the more you have to manage yourself from being distracted. Because theoretically speaking, you can waste all this time, I don't know, doing useless things. But when you're employed, you have a bunch of meetings and there is a lot less time that you can potentially waste. So as a business owner, you have to be a lot more disciplined in order to build your business and still have time to spend on your health, family, and overall quality of life. When I was an employee, I used to protect my mornings from any meetings as much as possible. Again, not always possible, but as much as possible. That way, I could focus on the deep work tasks that moved my career forward. I also limited the amount of time I spent on checking emails and Slack messages. I would check them, but not every minute of the day. I would have special time blocks for when I do these activities. And let me tell you, nothing bad happened when I didn't respond to emails immediately. I didn't get fired. In fact, I got promoted because I was spending my mornings on the projects that brought extra profit and operational excellence to the company. Something that matters in the long term. And I wrote an entire post with all my strategies as an employee for Rise.io. I will leave the link in the show notes. It's called Let's Bring 9 to 5 Back or something like that. Check it out. It has the scripts I use, email templates, my schedule, everything. In short, focus your mornings on the tasks and projects that will end up on your resume when you leave this job. 
your future employer doesn't care how quickly you answered your emails in your previous job. Well, unless you worked in customer support and that was in your job description, you know, to answer emails within five minutes. But I know most of my listeners don't work in customer support. So again, what your future employer cares about is how you helped a company to improve efficiency, cut costs, or increase revenue. These are the things that will end up on your CV. These are the things that you will want to highlight. So spend your mornings creating these results, working on the projects that improve efficiency, cut costs, or increase revenue. And of course, use time blocking to get these things done. Okay, next question. Can you show us an example of schedule of your time blocking? Yes, I will leave some pictures in the correspondent blog post. You can go and check it out. Again, I just wanted to highlight that I generally time block my work hours only. I might write some tasks I want to do in the evenings, but there's no time blocks attached to them. And the last question, do you have any advice to get started with time blocking? Yes, I do. And this is the advice I give to all my clients who are new to time blocking. If you're just starting out with time blocking, I recommend time blocking your mornings, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. or let's say 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. whenever you start your workday till lunch hour, Monday to Friday. Your mornings are the most valuable time resource you have. You have the most willpower and concentration in the mornings. Use it wisely. Don't waste it on responding to emails and Slack messages. Spend it on projects that move your career or your business forward. You can do all your admin work, emails, meetings after lunch. And again, I have an entire section on this called guard your mornings like it's the biggest national treasure in a guest post I wrote for rise.io called Let's Bring 9 to 5 Back and the link will be in the show notes. So I still stand by this. Okay, guys, these were 11 most common questions I get about time blocking. I hope it brought you more clarity on how to use time blocking in your life. Hopefully you will try it for yourself. As I mentioned in the previous episode on time blocking, this is one of the tools that my clients and I find the most useful in achieving our sprint goals. If you need a more personalized guidance in implementing time blocking in your life, let's work together. Check out monthlymethod.com. The link is provided in the show notes. Have a great week, everyone. Please subscribe if you want to get a freshly baked episode delivered to you next Monday. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I'm now working with clients all over the world one-on-one. If you want to see the outstanding measurable results they get in just three short weeks, I invite you to check out monthlymethod.com. The link is provided in the show notes. The monthly method is a scrum-based productivity system designed to achieve your goals without consuming all the energy and hours of a day so that you can have a life you don't need to escape from. If you're ready to quit the hustle culture and bring more intentionality into your life, head out to monthlymethod.com. This is the place where working overtime is not required. Cheers.